0: Hello and welcome to The Forest of the Fae. Here on Pop Culture Fae, we take a look at movies, TV, comics, and other popular media through the lens of the queer folks of society. I am Miller C. Lashbrook and I am your host on your journey through the Forest of the Fae. This week on Pop Culture Fae, I will be discussing my thoughts on the news out of Star Wars Celebration 2023 and The Mandalorian Chapter 22. Hope you enjoy. this is Faye News. In this segment, I'll cover this week's big news of entertainment that caught my eye. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start off with all of the non-Star Wars related news and then get into all the big Star Wars celebration news. So uh, to start off with MCU news, we got a new MCU trailer with a trailer for Secret Invasion. The show is releasing June 21st, and this was really our, I mean, we we had a teaser for the show back at D23 last fall, but this really gave us a good look at what to expect in the show, but still also told us not that much about the plot. I think they're going to keep this one pretty close to the vest because I'm sure this show is full of lots of reveals. A lot of people online are kind of speculating that secret invasion could be the mcu show that kind of brings people back to the disney plus shows since um with both ms marvel and she hulk and even with moon knight uh, a lot of people kind of dropped off of the mcu shows now the trailer gives us a good look at nick fury's journey as a character and what to kind of expect, he's trying to figure out who is and isn't a scroll, presumably. We've got an all-star cast going on here with Ben Mendelsohn, Amelia Clark, Kingsley Benadir, Olivia Coleman, uh, Don Cheadle coming back as Roadie, amongst a lot of other cast members here. So, this is going to be an exciting ride. June 21st is when this show is premiering. And based on some other news that we're hearing, it sounds like once we get to Secret Invasion, the Wednesday Disney Plus drops aren't going (laughs) to stop. In other MCU news, kind of continuing for what I was just talking about, uh, the current dates kind of circling the drain for Loki and Echo are September and November. And so to kind of look ahead while we're talking about these release dates, um, it, I think it's pretty clear. I, well, maybe not pretty clear, but I think uh, Bob, I, it, it can be seen that Bob Iger is not super happy with the um, How release dates have been chosen and how things have been marketed uh, in the past with recently with MCU and Star Wars projects. And so it sounds like what might be happening is he's going to make sure that we do not have a Star Wars and Marvel show happening at the same time. Like we did last year with Obi-Wan and Ms. Marvel or with She-Hulk and Andor. And so it seems like what we're looking at for the rest of the year, possibly, this isn't 100% confirmed, but it looks like we're looking at Secret Invasion June 21st going through July, Ahsoka airing through August and early September, then Loki Season 2 airing in September and early October, then, and uh, or through October, then getting Echo in November, after Loki season two, and then getting uh, Star Wars Skeleton Crew in December, which will bleed into January of next year. So it looks like we're gonna have that consistent through uh now that doesn't mean that we might not also get maybe a marvel animated series thrown in there somewhere at the same time because we do still have supposedly what if season two and also x-men 97 to release this year we haven't really heard much of anything about those shows but i mean disney was fine with having the bad batch air simultaneously as the mandalorian for a couple weeks so i think they kind of put animation in its own space uh, and they're not going to hold shows like bad batch or what if to the same standard as the live action marvel and star wars projects it'll also be interesting to see uh while we're talking about these disney plus release dates where they put Percy Jackson uh, and the Olympians in here. Are they going to give that show its own release window uh, where there's a Star Wars, there isn't a Star Wars or Marvel show happening at the same time, or are they having it air at the same time? I think that'll also say a lot about how confident they are about the project and its success and uh, who their true target audience is. I think if, if we've got, A lot of other things happening at the same time as Percy Jackson, then that might read as less confident. If they're giving it its own space and time and they're pausing on Marvel and Star Wars content to release Percy Jackson, then that might read that they're very confident about it and they want people to view this at the same level as those kinds of projects. So uh, we'll see about that in sony marvel news we got a new trailer for across the spider-verse this is our kind of second trailer for this it was it released to air in front of the super mario brothers movie this weekend and it really just shows a little bit more of the story really this trailer is showing that it seems like the main kind of conflict here Is going to be between Miguel O'Hara and Miles, and that for some reason he does not, Miguel does not want Miles joining their kind of uh, multiversal spider team for some reason, and that's going to be a conflict. I'm excited for this movie. Uh, It looks like they're just basically taking the first movie and kind of turning up the dial on it which hopefully that means that like the dial is going to be broken off <laughs> with Beyond the Spider-Verse next year. Uh, so, yeah, the, the movie comes out June 30th. It's right around the corner. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. And the animation is beautiful. In DC news, we got a trailer for the Blue Beetle movie. Now, thanks to some kind of only so-so releases from dc recently uh such as shazam fury of the gods the response to this blue beetle trailer was kind of just like a okay that's fine um but i think really what fans are waiting for is the flash movie and to see how that movie is going to reset the DCEU into the DCU, and how that's going to be set up, how um, the new universe is going to be spun out of that. Because James Gunn has said that Blue Beetle is about a teenager in the DCU, so we know that Blue Beetle is set in this new uh, DC universe that's created after uh, the events of the that's created from the events of the flash so we'll have to see what that looks like we'll have to see if that's even true right if they've maybe they've removed all the references to the old dceu and there really aren't that many references but batman is name dropped in this trailer so um blue beetles existing in a world that at least has a batman so um it'll be interesting to see it looks kind of like that a late summer action movie blockbuster that when you don't have a lot to do and you just want to get out of the heat that you kind of go to a matinee for in the middle of the week and you're like oh yeah this was a thing that i saw trailers for uh let me just kind of go see it so we'll see how it turns out in other movie news uh we got a new trailer for the barbie movie coming out this summer this movie looks hilarious it looks meta it looks like someone watched something like the lego movie and they were like hey what if we did that but turned up the adult because the lego movie is like not not for adults like it's it It's an all-ages film, but there's a lot of mature... Not mature themes, but there's themes being explored in the film that really resonate with adults, I guess, is uh, a a better way to put that. But it looks like the Barbie movie is not meant for, like, currently... (laughs) current five-year-olds who play with Barbies. This is a movie for people who used to uh, play with Barbies as a kid or just people who... Interacted with and played with toys as a kid, right? Um, and kind of a meta commentary on that, uh, with a, a lot of jokes about kind of the um, sterile nature of Barbies and uh, play with them. We've got like plasticky beaches and the, the the feet not bending when they come out of the heels. Um, it, this movie, it Greta, it looks, just looks like Greta Gerwig just like went off and, uh, made the, like, (laughs) just made the best looking Barbie movie that could possibly be made. That looks like the toys just came to life. So, uh, I'm, I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and the cast is fantastic. And, uh, the, the whole poster thing has gone viral as a meme. So, uh, this will be a lot of fun. And then, of course, in other movie news, the Super Mario Brothers movie uh, hit theaters. Uh, time of recording, it's Sunday, April 9th. I'll be seeing the movie later today. That's why I'm not reviewing it today uh, when I normally would. Uh, so I'll be reviewing the movie next week on the podcast. And so I haven't seen it yet. But um, Rotten Tomato score came out Tuesday, the day before the movie released and it was not looking good right bad reviews rotten tomato score a rotten tomato so around the 50% range but it it, it seems like it, it it might be a case of just the critics don't get it maybe they didn't play these games as kids maybe they don't have that nostalgia for mario as a franchise because the cinema score Over over, that the movie got a minus, which is not a not a horrible cinema score to have, right? It's an A, just an A minus. Audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes are doing well, and also this movie's making a bunch of money. Um, The it'll it'll be interesting to see where it clocks in by the end of the weekend, uh, by the end of today, where they have how much they have this movie making um, because it was predicted. To make under a hundred million at the domestic domestic box office, and it's already made that much money um, as of yesterday. So yeah, it um, it <laughs> people love Mario, and um, he, he's like a superstar uh, franchise-wise, clearly. So and Illumination knows how to make a good global animated movie as well. So it's kind of a formula for success. Okay, so that's all the non-Star uh, Wars related uh, news. Now let me talk about all of the Celebration news. So, if you're not familiar with Celebration, uh, Star Wars basically has their own convention uh, that Lucasfilm plans themselves uh, and that they put on every year or so. Now they've had they've skipped years and. Um, every now and then but I, now I think it's pretty much every year and they kind of swap locations most of the time it's in either Anaheim uh, near Disneyland in Orlando near Disney World <laughs> or in London uh, I think the London is because there's a lot of Star Wars fans in the UK but also star wars has a pretty rich history of filming in london uh at studios there and so i think that's uh kind of an homage uh to that and is why they have star celebration in london every now and then so this year it is in london so all the news was coming out like early in the morning uh news and trailers were dropping at weird hours um Comparatively to living uh, on the east coast of the United States uh, so they had a big panel on Friday where a lot of the news was released and so I'm just going to kind of go through the different news things and kind of talk about them so uh, we got a little bit of news about and or season two. They are still in production. There are four finished episodes right now. So they're still working on the um, the show, filming, and also post-production stuff. But it looks like the show should be coming summer 2024 is what it's kind of slated for. So we'll see season two of the show next year. We also learned that uh, similar to season one, there's going to be these little like three-episode arcs that kind of fit together nicely. And each of these three episode arcs is going to cover roughly a year of time. And so um, season two should end kind of nicely leading into the events of Rogue One. Uh, We heard about the show The Acolyte. This is a show set at the end of the High Republic era. So kind of a couple decades, if not like about a hundred years before the events of the prequel trilogy, before um, the Phantom Menace, and this is also this show is also releasing on Disney Plus in 2024, and has been touted as Frozen meets Kill Bill, whatever that means. I don't know what that means, but it that is what they're saying to describe it. Another show we heard about was Star Wars Skeleton Crew. Uh, This is the John Watts-created Star Wars show. John Watts directed all three Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, and uh, it's going to be starring Jude Law as kind of like a Jedi mentor figure type character. The show is currently in post-production, so they've wrapped filming on this show, and Uh, will release this year, most likely late this year. Uh, And like I said before, that release date will probably be maybe um, November, December, either either right after Echo finishes airing or right before Echo is done airing. Uh, I would venture to guess, though, that Echo comes before Skeleton Crew because we know that we need to have the Echo series happen before Daredevil Born Again, which is supposed to release next year on Disney Plus. So I, I feel like we should expect Echo sooner rather than later. Then, kind of the big news out of Star Wars Celebration, we got our first official trailer for Ahsoka, this, the Disney Plus show, coming in August. I think a lot of people didn't realize how soon this show is going to be coming. So this show uh, should be wedged kind of right between the releases of Secret Invasion and Loki Season 2 on Disney+. And in this trailer, we got our first looks at Sabine in Ahsoka we, uh, from... A bunch of Star Wars Rebels characters coming back. So Sabine, Hera, Chopper. um, A a little look at Ezra, right? We got um, we got to see the back of Thrawn's head. It was revealed that uh, Lars Mikkelsen, who voiced Thrawn in Rebels, is returning to play him here as well. That's wonderful. I couldn't picture anybody else like being Thrawn other than like. Maybe Mad, interesting, the Mickelson um, comparison. Other than like Mads Mickelson, uh, but he's already been in Star Wars. So I think having his voice actor from Rebels Return is the perfect choice. He's going to be great. Uh, and we got to look at some new villain characters. It looks like this show is really going to focus on the Jedi um, of this era, uh, of this uh, era between episodes six and seven in a way that The Mandalorian has only kind of touched on a little bit. Uh, so that makes me really excited. And it just looks like this is going to be the live action follow up to Rebels that every Rebels fan has wanted. And it's it just looks awesome. This show is going to be amazing. Uh, probably going to be one of my favorite things of this year in all of nerddom. Uh, I know I put it at <laughs> the beginning of this year, I put it as my most anticipated nerd thing. So I'm super excited for it. Um, yeah. Then um, some in, an interesting thing, it really seems like at this Star Wars celebration lucasfilm is really wanting to get more organized in terms of fan conversations and how fans discuss star wars and so in a very kind of marvel cinematic universe way um we were given an official timeline at star wars celebration this weekend now some of these era names have popped up before in, like, comics or video games, Uh, but now we have official eras on the Star Wars timeline to kind of chunk things into. Now, some of these are, like, hundreds of years long. Others are only, like, a decade or two long. So um, the timeline that they showed at at the, the Lucasfilm panel Uh, First included the Old Republic era, which the I mean, as part of the old um, extended universe stuff, had a lot of stories being told in there, especially the Knights of the Old Republic games and the um, the Old Republic MMO. Uh, But we haven't had any real canon stories take place in the Old Republic just yet. Then we have the High Republic era, which followed as the Old Republic. We've gotten a lot of books and comics recently set in this era, and the Acolyte is going to take place at the end of this era. Then we have the era known as the Fall of the Jedi. This would be the prequels and the Clone Wars would be included in this era as well. So essentially this era includes Palpatine's rise to power uh, as chancellor and his creation of the empire and order 66 and the clone wars and all that so it's the prequels then we have the reign of the empire this would be the time between episodes three and and uh Rogue one most likely i think would be the distinction there or we would just go all the way up to episode four um this era would include uh solo obi-wan uh, the Andor show, Rebels, right? Uh, Bad Batch, all that takes place in this era when the Empire was at its strongest. Then we have the Age of Rebellion. This is our original trilogy. Episodes 4, 5, and 6, and anything that takes place in between those. We've gotten some comics and some books set during that era as well. Then we would have the New Republic era. This would be the time between episodes 6 and 7. This is where we have all like our shows currently. So, The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, when Ahsoka is going to take place, Uh, when we have the um, aftermath trilogy of books takes place. Uh, So, we like the a lot of this kind of reconstruction after the Galactic Civil War. Then we have the Rise of the First Order. This would be the sequel trilogy era. And then uh, we were told some interesting information about three movie projects for Star Wars. And it made sense a little bit after they talked about this, why this timeline was shown. So it was revealed that Dave Filoni will be directing a theatrical film for Star Wars which is said to be the end end of the Mandoverse and will culminate all of these Mandalorian-related projects like Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, The Mandalorian, and so on, uh, in a theatrical film. My guess would be Thrawn would be the the villain of this movie, right? Uh, And this will kind of show us how the First Order came to be. I feel like this is, this movie will kind of nicely lead into, and possibly like a Rogue One into um, A New Hope way, will kind of lead into setting up the galaxy for where it was in The Force Awakens. Then we were told that James Mangold, who directed Logan famously, um will be directing a movie called dawn of the jedi this will take place in its own era before the old republic they kind of added it to the timeline as they talked about it and this uh, movie will be sort of biblical in nature Um, ben-hur and ten commandments were mentioned as inspirations where we will see the first jedi um form the beginnings of what will become the Jedi Order. And then on the other end of the timeline, uh Sharmin Obaid Chinoy will be directing a movie about Rey forming the new Jedi Order. On the other end of the timeline, this will take place about 15 years after the rise of Skywalker and will star Daisy Ridley as Rey once again. Um All three of these movies sound fantastic. I'm excited for all three of them. I'll be interested to see what order these movies release in. Which ones we get first? How soon we get these movies? Uh, But yeah, and speaking of James Mangold, his upcoming project, Indiana Jones and the the Dial of Destiny, uh, got a trailer as well this weekend. I think this trailer was... um, I think this trailer did a better job of kind of setting up expectations for what this movie is about and what it's going to do. And yeah, it looks exciting. That comes out in June as well. So that kind of concludes all of the big Star Wars celebration news. I think this celebration was needed to kind of set a course for Star Wars, Um, especially (laughs) just with we hadn't been hearing about any of of the movies a lot of the movies that have been announced have kind of been put on the back burner supposedly taika watiti's still making a star wars movie but they didn't really talk about it this weekend um we are kind of assuming that rogue squadron patty jenkins movie isn't happening anymore um like yeah the and so this gave us direction right we know where the show stuff is going we now have these eras on the timeline to kind of better discuss the timeline of star wars we know that we're going to go back to the very beginning of things and we're also going to keep moving forward with uh, the new jedi order movie with ray so i think it's pretty exciting um i'm and i'll be interested to see where star wars goes from here yeah Okay, uh next up, still we're still gonna be talking Star Wars. I'm gonna talk the new episode of The Mandalorian from this week, The Mandalorian Chapter Twenty-Two. Alrighty, so the Mandalorian chapter twenty-two. Um This was, (laughs) I think, what I'm, what my feelings are kind of starting to swirl around season three of The Mandalorian. One, Bo-Katan is the main character of this season, right? Um, And for some fans, that's a hard pill to swallow, right? They don't like that. excuse me, they don't like that Din took a backseat in his own show. Right. Um, Now, I've talked a little bit on here before about how some have said online that possibly the book of Boba Fett was meant to be season three of this show. And that would establish that the show is Particularly about just Mandalorians in general, right? Boba being Mandalorian himself. And so, if you kind of are okay with explaining things away in that way, that right, this show is less about Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, right? And um, more just about. The mandalorians as a people then um that might be easier to understand or kind of wrap your head around but seasons one and two very much established that this show is about the adventures of din and grogu together and this season has kind of put that relationship, right? Din and Grogu on hold. Which makes it really interesting that they rushed to get them back together so quickly in the Book of Boba Fett, right? Um, It would, like, if if Grogu had not been finished with Luke yet uh, in his training... And Din was kind of aimless without Grogu, and that's why he's um, kind of going around with Bo, and he feels kind of lost. That would make sense, right? But Grogu's there, um, and my guess is they didn't want to make the show without Grogu being around for popularity reasons, merchandise reasons, producers, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I don't know but what it feels like we've gotten with season three is that din and bo are a dnd party of two (laughs) with their npc child slash pet grogu and they're kind of going through a campaign and in a similar way to a dnd campaign a lot of times A DM has a rough idea of where the story is going but you can't pre-write all the details of a campaign as a dungeon master because you don't know what your characters are gonna do uh, where they're gonna go what they're gonna try to do and how they're gonna solve the problems right and so a dungeon master will have this rough idea of where things are headed But then as we get closer to things it things fill in a little bit more and the reason why i'm using this comparison of dungeons and dragons is because each episode that we've gotten so far in season three has very much felt like its own kind of session of a dnd campaign where maybe we forgot a little bit about what happened last time right We remembered the big things, uh, and we're going to keep going. And, oh, here's this really cool, like, NPC that we created. Or uh, here's this, like, little side quest that I want you to go on that you need to do to keep the main storyline going. Um, So we have, like, the first two episodes kind of Setting up the whole story, right? The first two episodes of this season. Then we have a couple filler things. Then last week we got our big, kind of mid campaign climactic uh, battle, right? With the with with chapter twenty one, the pirate, right? Where all these different storylines started culminating, right? Um, and that was v- like really satisfying. Then we have this week's episode, which feels very much like another side quest, right? Um, So Din and Bo, they are going to get the Mandalorians that Bo was working with before, right? The ones who are not part of the Covert, the ones who don't walk the way, right? Uh, Who take off their helmets and who work right now as mercenaries, and so they're on this planet. Um, also, spoiler warning. Sorry, I forgot to say that. <laughs> spoiler warning for the episode. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Come back here. Okay. And On this planet run by Jack Black and Lizzo, right? Uh, they're kind of our fun NPC characters where the DM gets to ham it up a little bit, right? Um, and... Before they are allowed to talk to these Mandalorians, then they have to um, solve a little mystery and turns into like a Law and Order episode, right? Where they got a mystery. We've got some cool Clone Wars Easter eggs, right? we were seeing battle droids uh, that have been repurposed. We're getting people talking about Separatists and uh, some cool kind of Clone Wars connections. This felt very much like. An episode of Clone Wars. Like a mid-season episode of the Clone Wars. And. And and that's not a good or a bad thing. Right? I mean I love Clone Wars. And then. They solve the crime. They get to go meet the Mandalorians. And then we get. What. My husband kind of. Foresaw happening with the Darksaber. This. This. Uh, Elder wand esque kind of <laughs> mental gymnastics of, oh, well, Mando lost it in combat, and then I beat, and then Bo beat the that enemy in combat. So therefore, Bo is the rightful holder of the dark She rightfully has it, and uh, she can wield it. And be the rightful ruler of Mandalore, right? Um, yeah, it it's interesting because it makes that getting of the saber passive for Bo. Um, well, somewhat passive. Like she had to beat the guy up, the the like cyborg guy in episode two, um, but it it makes it less of an active like, I'm going to challenge you, Mando. That's what we thought this was kind of leading to, right? Was them fighting each other over the Darksaber. But a lot of people, I think, um, have been talking about just the placement of this episode makes it kind of feel off, right? Last week's episode felt so kind of, like, climactic and satisfying in a way where, like, all these storylines were coalescing. And then we have this episode that kind of takes us way off course, right? Takes us away from our main objective and also doesn't deliver on the ending of the previous episode and what was set up, right? We ended last week with Captain Carson Teva finding a Lambda shuttle, a derelict Lambda shuttle, where which was supposed to be transporting Moff Gideon, right? destroyed new republic officers killed uh moff gideon nowhere to be found and the remnants of beskar metal left inside right that was the the end of last week's episode that was the setup right we're like oh they're the new republic is going to think that mandalorians kidnapped uh moff gideon and maybe they did right which Mandalorians i don't know right and then we don't get any delivery on that in this episode. This episode is kind of following through with the the other ending of last week's episode, right? With Bo removing her helmet as per the armor's request, right? And the armorer telling her, hey, you walk two ways. You walk the way. And you also are this other kind of Mandalorian, and you could bring our people together, right? And so th- this episode is makes sense in order. But what would maybe... I, I guess there's two ways that I wish this episode maybe would have been approached differently. Either take that tag from the end of last week of carson teva finding the lambda shuttle and move it to the end of this episode as like a post credit scene or something maybe because i think her wielding the dark saber is a nice end to this episode or leave it there leave that ending there and then we needed to get some sort of sprinkling of how, what Carson Tava is doing about the finding of this Lambda shuttle to build tension, right? That, like, Din and Bo are over here doing their own thing, not even realizing that the New Republic is investigating their people right now for the kidnapping of Moff Gideon or the prison break of Moff Gideon, right? But to just have that big ending, teasing the main villain of this whole show coming back, right? Uh, And to not really do anything with it in this episode, I think there's a disconnect there. I think the other main criticism that people are giving of this episode has to do with the stunt casting if you will the cameos of um this episode we got kind of like three big kind of celebrity names all in this episode so we had we have lizzo and jack black as the kind of elected husband and wife officials of this true democracy planet that they're on and then we have christopher lloyd as this security officer uh in the episode and for a lot of people it kind of took them out of it I think that I like that this show has embraced kind of like the fun collectiveness of like just how many people love Star Wars and want to be a part of it Um, but maybe this was too much or maybe like maybe Lizzo wasn't enough uh like that enough different from her usual self right um or maybe Christopher Lloyd wasn't different enough i don't i don't really know what the answer is here or maybe like Lizzo with like an actor that's not known or jack black with an actress that's not known would have balanced it a little bit better um they were fine right i mean i love jack black in anything i thought christopher lloyd was fine i thought lizzo was fun with her interactions with grogu um i didn't mind it for me it wasn't the didn't ruin the episode for me or anything Oh, excuse me. Yeah, Yeah, it didn't ruin the episode or anything for me. Um, I think it was just like a lot at once, right? Especially we're introducing a new planet, new characters. Um, We like that. Yeah, it was. and, And it was also interesting that like in all this time. Din had never asked Bo where her friends went, right? Like, and and like we we don't really know why she went back to her castle, right? But they kept being mercenaries and kept the fleet that they had, and all of that. So, I wish we had gotten a little bit more about that, maybe, like, throughout the investigation, Din and Bo could have been kind of talking about that, or at the beginning of the season, Din could have asked where her friends were, right? So, it was kind of odd to be like, oh, yeah, you were with these people, and this, this is the ship that you stole. Uh, and they have Moff Gideon's ship that uh, was that you all took from him. So it's interesting, just like that disconnect there. But yeah, this wasn't my favorite episode of the season. I think I really enjoyed last week's episode. Um, I also really enjoyed the our, the Courant episode. Um, with uh elia and that kind of little side story so it's not like i don't enjoy these little side story treks uh, i just thought the placement of this one was weird especially with how we ended last week's episode so overall i think i'd give this like this episode maybe like a th- like three and a half out of five stars sorry um yeah so that concludes my thoughts on The Mandalorian Chapter 22. Alrighty, thank you for joining me today as I discussed all of the Star Wars Celebration 2023 news and The Mandalorian Chapter 22. Uh, we've got two weeks left of The Mandalorian, and then we're kind of. Um, Getting ready, right, for, like, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 season Uh, and talking all about that. That'll take us right to, uh, then we've only got a couple week gap before Secret Invasion and uh, June is full of uh, lots of movies coming out. Then it sounds like we've got lots of Disney Plus shows to expect uh, every week, so... This was with The Mandalorian. This was kind of a new experiment trying to talk me about it week to week, and I think I've enjoyed that. And So I think with uh, Secret Invasion, I'm going to try to do the week to week little mini-reviews as well instead of uh, trying to have a whole season conversation like I've done with previous shows. So if you are listening and enjoying the podcast please give it a review on your podcasting platform of choice. Also, if you have a friend who would like the podcast, make sure to share this podcast with them so we can grow our little community here. Once again, I am Miller C. Lashbrook. You can find me on Twitter at mill C. Lashbrook, on Instagram at Miller C. Lashbrook. And for more pop culture, Fae, you can head to my website, pop for blog posts and more content. If you'd like to leave a voice message for the podcast or financially support the podcast, you can do so by going to anchor.fm/popculturefay. slash Lastly, I hope that you have a fantastic day and I hope to find you the next time you wander into the forest of Pop Culture Fay. Bye.